Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings. Everybody needs to be listening to this podcast or watching us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Please spread the word. It is that time of year. This is the show. I'll be joined momentarily, of course, by the great Emery Hunt at FBall Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube. And then footballgameplan.com slash 2022 draft guide, where we will discuss his top 10, which you can read in depth, by the way, on the draft guide. Also very excited to bring on Mark Schofield today as well. He does an awesome job. Check him out on Twitter at Mark Schofield, S-C-H-O-F-I-E-L-D, the NFL Wire. He's got great stuff. YouTube, blogging the boys, Pat's pulpit, uh, BGN. Wait, Mark, you're everywhere. How are you? All these different places. Caffeine, Ross. Lots of caffeine. But I'm excited to be here. I'm very excited to be here with both of you. This is going to be a fun show. All right, so let's start. Just so the NFL wire, Mark. Just for people that aren't familiar, I introduce Emery every week. Can you kind of go through your gigs and where people can find you on a regular basis? Yeah, I mean, the main spot is USA Today's Touchdown Wire. Myself, Doug Farrar, Laurie Fitzpatrick, uh, Barry Warner covering the NFL. Um, and then the various little pods that I do, a uh, couple of different SB Nation ones. Uh, Big Blue View, where I write and do some work. Uh, Bleeding Green Radio, where I co-host the QB Factory with Rachel Prevet. Uh, Pat's Pulpit Podcast. Uh, the Talking the Draft Podcast over at Blogging the Boys. Uh, makes for a busy week, but it's a ton of fun. and We all love it, right? Wow, you gotta man, get you gotta, oh, oh, if, if we're doing that, you gotta get this. This is Mark's book, 17 Drives. If we're doing that, we're doing this. <laughs> there we go. Some football gameplay publishing right there. Get some of every stuff up here. Wow, Mark and Emery both showing off each other's books. I'm the one that went to Princeton. I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. Uh, I can try to find my uh, senior thesis on Title Nine. Gender oh, equity go. and athletics, if you guys want me to. Uh, but today we're going to get into quarterbacks, which is very, very exciting. We're kicking off our positional series. I think we'll probably dive into running backs, 
next week. But kicking off our positional series, we're talking quarterbacks. And, Mark, I got to give you a tip of the cap. I was talking with Emery. I'm like, who, who should we get on for quarterbacks? He's like, we should get Mark Schofield. So you've got the Emery Hunt seal of approval there. That, that uh, Emery, before, we get into your, uh, before we get into your top ten, which I can't emphasize enough, people need to go to footballgameplan.com slash 2022 draft guide to read in depth about all these guys. Your lists are always very different from other people's lists, Emery. And I feel like we need to put the disclaimer out now. Um, Why are you seeking attention? Do you actively want to just have a different list? Or is this what you really think and you don't care what the consensus is? In other words, are you Skip Baylessing this thing? Or (laughs) is this your conviction? And look, this is... I might be wrong, but this is who I think is the best. I honestly think this. Yeah, th- exactly. That's exactly how it is. Is what I honestly think, what I, my honest opinions are, thoughts are. And if I'm right, cool. If I'm wrong, cool. You know, and, you know, I just want to, when you create stuff like this, you just want to put it out there and let the chips fall where they may. This is what you believe. I guess this is how uh, a real scouting room is. You may have one scout that feels a certain way about a player, another scout feels differently. And then they kind of come to, you know, a mutual point where they agree and they move on, whether they pick the guy or not. But you have scouts in the room that that see things differently. And that's just how I, I choose to be. And it's interesting because when you let things play out um, and if you stay strong in your convictions, you know, nine times out of ten, over time, it, it will work out if you saw it the right way, i.e. how I saw Carson once back in 2016. Got a lot of flack from that from North Dakota State fans. Um, Eagles fans, you know, right out the gate, fast forward to now, and I go back and watch that video scout report. I did, I was like, wow, that was really spot on, you know. And I'm reading the comments underneath the video, like, wow, people are really aggressive online in those comments. But again, I say Carson Wentz was just a guy, um, you know, someone that you can kind of win, uh, with but not because of, and here we are. Let's get into your rankings, and then we can hear um, Mark get Mark's thoughts on, on these guys. Your number one guy is, I'm not surprised by this one, from Liberty, Malik Willis is your number one ranked quarterback, Emery. For me, and we were on this show we're also uh, back in July when I was like, Willis is the best pro prospect in terms of the quarterback position based off – what what, a, what the word prospect means. All right, let's find traits. Let's find what he does well. Does he still have upside? Is there something that, that gives you that plus one, uh, whether it's in a run game or some innate ability to create plays out of nothing, right? Does he have that it factor, we like to call it? And if you're looking at all the prospects, if I'm going to take one in the first round, it's going to be the guy that has upside. And right now, I, you know, just back then I said this and I said again, uh, Malik Willis just checks all those boxes of what I look for in terms of prospect. You know, this is a, you know, there's a difference between prospect and, uh, you know, someone that um, is a prospect. But, you know, when you talk about talents and you gamble on talents, you, you rank talents, this dude has, you know, all those things that you want at the position and still has room to grow his game. So you're, you're taking a chance on, a, a not finished product in Malik Willis, but definitely one that 
you know, if you're able to hit those those uh, benchmarks, he's going to be able to be one of the top quarterbacks in the, in the NFL. Mark, your thoughts on Willis, and I don't know if you have rankings or not, but if, if you do, where do you think he would slot in for you? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to place a bet on a quarterback in the first round of this draft, you're placing it on Malik Willis in my mind because of what Remy just talked about. You have in Willis a prospect that has an incredible ceiling, perhaps I think easily the best ceiling of any of these quarterbacks in this class. You look at his arm talent, the way the ball flies out of his hand, the way it pops out of his hand, just easy velocity to all levels of the field. You have that athleticism. He fits the mold of what the NFL is trending towards at the quarterback position. And in terms of that plus one, when you're in third and seven and things break down, who do you trust? Who has the talent and the ability to get you a first down whatever way possible? I think it's Malik Willis. And so I think if you're going to take a quarterback early, you want to place the bet on that upside. You want to place the bet on the guy that if there's a 15% chance that he hits what he becomes, you're talking about a Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes tier type of quarterback. Now, maybe it's the longer shot, but you'll be willing to take that bet. And so, yeah, I I have Willis near the top of my board as well. I think he's an incredibly talented quarterback. I'm very impressed with what he's done during this pre-draft process. I think he's had a tremendous senior bowl week, combine week. He's really checking a lot of boxes on the way. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's eventually the first quarterback taken in this draft. So there seems to be like a consensus top six, if you will, like, hey, these are the six best guys, not for Emory. Emory, your second guy, Caleb Ellaby from Western Michigan. This surprises me. I did a game of Caleb's this year. He had some really good games, certainly against Pitt and others. You've got Caleb Ellaby as the second best quarterback in this draft? Yeah, to me, again, I was shocked to have him up there when I started to watch because you hear people talk about guys, uh, and and when you see the names float around, on Twitter, you're kind of like, all right, well, this guy must not be good because everybody's talking about him, right? And so when you watch him, you're like, ah, all right, that was a nice throw. That's a good throw. And you see it consistently over time against Michigan, against Pitt. It's like, man, he's playing really well. He's consistent with his accuracy and placement. He throws well on the move. He runs the RPO game really well, which is a big thing now in the NFL. Um, he does a lot of things really well, and so projecting forward, you're like, all right, if he do, if he's doing these things well um, at Western Michigan against you know Michigan and uh, you know Pitt, okay, we could just put him in an NFL system where you're going to have access to better players going up against good good teams and good players. Then he can elevate his game even more. So, so for me, this is another like Malik Willis, you know, upside potential, but has enough. Uh, good things done on film against top quality opponents that you say, all right, this dude definitely has something. You go back and watch him, you know, when, when he had Eskridge and, and things of that nature, you're like, all right, this dude really can, can fling the football out there. Mark. I like LB a lot. I mean, I, I think when you watch him against Michigan and you, you watch him against Pittsburgh, you see him against top talent and he's playing well, that Michigan game, they get down and he's still out there late in the game. Like, from a competitive toughness standpoint, try to bring his team back. I thought that was extremely impressive. Every mention of the RPO game. I'm always fascinated when you see a quarterback on the RPO game get their feet right. When you're carrying out that mesh fake to one side and then you get to flip your hips, flip your feet and get it back, that's going to pay off in the NFL. I remember watching Joe Burrow do that and thinking – when he gets into crowded pockets in the NFL, his footwork's going to be fine. He's going to be able to create space. And I think LB checks that box as well. I'm not as high. I don't have him at two. 
but he's certainly somebody well within my top 10. And I think that if he's in the right situation, that things that he showed on film, the athleticism, the arm talent, the ability to tie his eyes and his feet and to get his feet right, those are going to help him in the NFL for sure. And so I'm a fan of his. I enjoy talking to him with the combine. I thought he was a fantastic sort of interview presence at the podium. And I think he's a very good quarterback that should get his name called earlier than people expect. So let me be very clear here. I am not a quarterback guru. I do not watch, like, I don't, I can't tell you a lot about Chase Garbers or Skylar Thompson. What I would say about Ellaby is um, he had some really crazy efficient games. Uh, it is like a lot of RPOs, a lot of RPOs, and his receivers were kind of awesome. Like, Sky, Sky Moore was awesome. I mean, he, his receivers, um, tore up some of the Mac DBs as well. Uh, I, I don't like, I can't rank him. I, I don't know. I, I didn't even know. Did he leave school early? I thought he had another year. Yeah, he left early. Yeah, he left early. Yeah, I was surprised by, I didn't think he was that kind of guy. Um, he also had some bad games too. So, uh, I'm a little surprised you guys have him this high, uh, or Emory does at least. What about Skylar Thompson from Kansas State? I, listen, I've been a big fan of Thompson for a while, and I thought uh, last year he was going to you know, declare, but he got hurt and came back. And that's the common theme for him, you know, dealing with injuries. And that's something that you have to worry about is durability. But when he's playing, he's a chain mover. He's, you know, the offense is, is moving. He's got he's got some uh, – I don't want to use the word moxie, but he's got some of that to him. Um, he can scramble. He's finding plays. He's finding ways to make plays. He reminds me a lot of Derek Carr in that regard. So I'm a, I am like Skylar Thompson, man. I think um, he's another one of these guys that's going to, you know, get into a preseason and, and really wow people with how efficient he is, how he's moving the football. Uh, so if you're looking for someone that still has some – you know, athletic ability, some upside. Thompson is the guy, in my opinion. But you do worry about the uh, the injury history, and he was banged up this year. You know, so you think about man, can he stay out there for a full seventeen game season? But the the flashes that he has, and when he was out there, K State to me was just a different offense. And I'm not even talk about that game they had against LSU when LSU barely had anybody out there. I'm just talking about the games that were earlier in the season when he was at his healthiest and the team was at his healthiest. Mark, um, I- I'm going to keep it moving. And Emory's fourth-ranked guy is Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati, who I'm sure you've watched quite a bit. Curious to get your thoughts, Mark, on Ritter from, from Cincinnati. I really like Desmond Ritter, and I-, I think there are two things that stand out watching him. First is the mental side. I think – what he's shown over the past two seasons in particular is that ability to work through progressions, work through reads, get to that backside dig. I loved his game against Houston in the conference championship game because Houston did a lot, spinning their safeties at the snap. And he was very efficient at getting to his one-on-ones, getting to Pierce, for example, taking deep shots in the vertical passing game, or if they spun from one to two, get into underneath concepts. And then you see the athleticism that he brings to the table. We saw some of it on film, but then of the combine with the 4-4-9, you see him busting out runs against SMU, using his legs to create. It's certainly not the level of athleticism you might see from 
say Malik Willis, but it's a plus in the NFL. And it gets you to that idea of if you're seeing too high coverages, if you're seeing drop eight stuff and you've got to create with your legs, he's doing that. He's turning third and sevens into first and tens. And so I, I think in terms of quarterbacks that could play early, I think Ritter's one of them. I, I, I think he could play next year. Um, I think he's one of a handful of guys in this group that could, and I'm a big fan of his game. And the other thing people talk about ball placement and accuracy issues, that was more of an issue two seasons ago. I think he got better at that and cleaned up a little bit mechanically. So I'm very impressed with that developmental track as well. So he's somebody I'm really excited about in this draft class. I'm really excited that DraftKings, the leading sportsbook app, is here to help you and your friends get in the game with different ways to fund your DraftKings account You know you can fund your account with cash now? Yeah, just sign up in the DraftKings Sportsbook app, select Fund with Cash in the payment section, and get a digital barcode. Then just take your cash and barcode to any one of their thousands of participating stores. Super easy. Speaking of that, by the way, why not get people DraftKings gift cards for some of the holidays coming up? You know what your grandma wants for Mother's Day? A DraftKings gift card what your mom wants to and your wife father's day that's a home run any birthday why don't you just give yourself a DraftKings gift card done and done just visit DraftKingsGiftCard.com to find a participating store near you march is here get in the game with these two awesome fun and easy account funding options another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Emery. Chase Garber's and Anthony Brown at five and six, a couple of Pac-10 quarterbacks under the radar. Hit me on both those guys. Yeah, and this is where you start to see, like, the separation from the top four and the rest of the class for me Uh, because Garbers is someone that I thought played really well, you know, considering circumstances out there at Cal. Placement is is where it needs to be. He's a touch timing, anticipation type, you know, passer. Uh, he, he he finds a way to, to make plays happen as well. Like Skylar Thompson, he scrambled a little bit. Um, post-snap picture can be a, a, a bit jumbled for him. Um, and he'll hold on to football a little bit too long and, and take some uh, he'll take some hits. But overall, I thought, you know, he played well. And so did Anthony Brown. Having seen Anthony Brown at both Boston College and Oregon, his game uh, reminds me a lot of uh, Tavares Jackson and what he was when he was with Minnesota, the late, great Tavares Jackson, uh, when he was coming out of Alabama State. Somebody that, you know, has athleticism, can run, but I think he's really solid off play action and and can drive the football down uh, the intermediate levels of the field and and can hit some deep balls as well. So I think those guys are kind of along the lines of what you would look for in QB2s. Uh, But I like their game, and they they grade out pretty uh, pretty high for me. While we're at it, Emory, you've got Levi Lewis – Number seven, that's because he went to your school, right? That's because he went to your alma mater. Five nine, a buck ninety is what? What is he? Kyler Murray? He's Kyler Murray light, you know. And the re- and listen, you already know size is not a skill for me. So 
Uh, if you're good enough, you're big enough. But I do like the fact that he got better every year. He's a point guard type passer. Um, and he's someone that has explosive agility. So he can make you miss, buy time for himself, and find the open targets. And I thought the offense that he played in kind of helped his progression um, moving forward. So if you're someone, let's say like Philadelphia or Arizona, and you're looking for a solid, capable QB2 in the mode of which you have uh, at your QB1, Levi Lewis can fill that role. All right, Mark, I want I want to hit you up um, on the next guy that Emory has at number eight, Carson Strong. Another kid who I got to see in person this year, Carson Strong from Nevada. Yeah, what's going to be big with Strong is obviously the medical situation because he has the history of the right knee injury dating back to dating back to high school. And I thought was really fascinating talking to him at the combine was. Doctors and even his dad told him, "Look, you got to sit. You got to take a year off." And he said, "No, I want to go play with my teammates. Like they've got me to this point. I can't leave them behind." And so they came up with a six month plan. And you know, what we saw on the field from him was a limited version of him. He even said, "Look, we in working with Jordan Palmer, we've realized that I was really compensating for that injury. I wasn't driving through throws. So a lot of it was all arm and upper body and torque." But he throws a very good football. He's very adept at sort of working through problems. And he had free autonomy at the line of scrimmage. He had the ability to get into and out of anything he wanted to, check to runs, check to screens, check to intermediate level throws, check to the deep ball, or check out of the deep ball and check into a run. And I think that's very important for young quarterbacks coming out because a lot of guys, they're looking to the sideline, they're seeing the play cards, and then they're running what's called by the coaches. He's doing stuff for the line of scrimmage, which I think is really going to help him. Now, you know, the injury is going to be a big part of it. The medicals will be huge. If we get sort of a combine recheck in the next couple of weeks, that's going to be something to watch for. But I think talent wise, the talent is there for him to be, if healthy, a starting quarterback in the NFL. So I think Emory, we've talked about this before, but if Levi Lewis is, is Kyler Murray light to me, Carson strong is drew Bledsoe light, uh, a teammate of mine in Buffalo in Oh three and Oh four. That's just, I mean, I, doing the game, that's who he reminded me of. Tall in the pocket, you know, big arm, big kid, doesn't move great. Um, you know, there's not a lot of guys like that right. in the NFL anymore, it seems like. The real 6'6 guy that doesn't move very well, um, it's kind of going, uh, moving away from that. A guy that does move well, who's your ninth-ranked guy, some people have number one. Some people have them. Certainly, everybody seemingly has them top five. Your ninth-ranked guy is uh, Matt Corral from Ole Miss. I guess the question I have, Emery, with him is, I think a lot of people know the things that people like about him. To have him nine, there's obviously things you don't like about him. What don't you like about Corral? He's a reckless runner, man. Um, and you can't be out there like Joe Kane. And, you know, trying to put the women and children to bed every plate, man. You got to be careful with that, right? Um, his game just reminds me a lot of Taylor Heineke. You know, you, you like the moxie. You like the aggressiveness. You love the fact that he's going to try to be a guy that's going to put the team on his back and make plays happen in the run game. But you got to be smart with your body because you got to be out there for the full season, let alone a game. And I think his deep ball accuracy is not where it needs to be. It's very inconsistent. And so those things, along with the availability factor, um, you know, I just think that 
what he did last year, just supposed to what he did this year is is it it wasn't good last year and this year was you know slightly better. So I think because it's a class where everyone was trying to find who's QB one, some guy's name is getting vaulted up there. But as you see, Strong has the same grade as Corral. I just like Corral's skill set better. Um, and they both have the same grade as Howell, but I do like Corral's mobility a little bit more than than Howell, who's at number 10. Mark, what do you think of Corral? I, I think Emery sort of touched on one of the issues with having that deep ball accuracy. There's also an issue where if he's got, like, say, post wheel called, he's going to throw that post route. He's going to stare it down. And if it's double covered, if the safety squad are on it, and he'll miss opportunities to make bigger plays. He might have a wheel route that's open. He doesn't look at it. Might even have a check down and doesn't look at it. I also think we have to remember the adjustment he's going to face in the NFL from what Lane Kiffin did for him, right? A lot of easy reads, defined throws, like orbit swing with an out route, and you're just reading that curl flat defender and throwing off of him. You know, there are moments where you can see him sort of get to backside concepts or work through progressions, and he does it well, but he's going to have to ramp that up in the NFL, so there's going to be an adjustment for him. I was impressed by the fact that we're talking about a quarterback that in two games, two seasons ago, LSU and Arkansas, 11 interceptions. He still made some mistakes, but he cut that down, so that's a nice little sign of his development, so you like that, but he's going to face perhaps a little bit of a tougher adjustment going from that offense to an NFL offense than some of these other guys. What about your 10th-ranked guy? You mentioned Emery, same grade as Corral and Strong. Sam Howell from North Carolina probably came into the year with maybe as much hype as anybody. Yeah, I probably was a little bit higher on him going into the season. Um, and then you just kind of saw him not progress from a skill set perspective. Um, he reminds me a lot of Baker Mayfield, body type. Baker, he may be is a little bit more athletic than Baker, runs a little bit more, uh, which is something he added this year to his game. But just overall, just uh, I think a lot of uh, not anticipatory plays uh, that you want to see from your QB, um, take some ill-advised sacks, you know, get rid of the football. Uh, so I just think that he's a, a, a solid player. Um, but when you're talking about, you know, did you spend a first-round pick on someone? Can he be a, a – a, a guy that doesn't – can he be someone that, you know, takes a team and, and brings them to the playoffs or is he going to be part of the ride or is he going to be a bus driver? I, I think Howell is someone, again, when you talk about solid QB2 type that can you know, carry for a three- to four-game stretch, you know, that's where uh, I think his skill set is. But if he's starting for your football team, he's the type that's going to need everything around him to be ideal for him to succeed. Mark, what did you think of Howell? Yeah, I, I share a lot of what Emery just said. I think the Baker Mayfield comparisons make a lot of sense in terms of that. He's going to need things around him. He's going to need the right offensive structure, a good offensive line. I think Howell is also sort of a case study in, as you said, Ross, coming into the year, it was like Howell and Spencer Rattler. They were one, two. They were the guys that were going to the top of the draft. Howell had that game against Virginia Tech out of the gate where he threw two or three interceptions. And everybody sort of dropped their arms and said, look, we're moving on from this guy. Like, he's not going to be it. And then quietly, like, he started to get a little bit better as the season went along. Emery pointed out the fact his legs became a threat. Like, I, th I think he was UNC's second lead in rusher this year, which was a side to his game that was nice to see sort of develop. But he didn't take the strides as, an, as a passer, I think, that we wanted to see from him. So he's sort of that guy that you're going to need things to be right. He's going to need to be in an offense that sort of caters to what he does and play action. So the Baker comparisons are apt. And I think at this point – 
are you using a first round pick on a guy with that sort of skill set? I'm not sure you do. And so he's probably somebody that slides into day two. And, you know, when Nathan's around him to be right, to be successful in the NFL. Emery, the thing that jumps out to me about your list more than any other, no Kenny Pickett. Uh, what, what was Kenny Pickett's grade and why is he not uh, one of your top 10? Is it just the mobility, the plus one thing? Is it the hand size? What's your issue with Pickett? I've seen a lot of Pickett, you know, as far as it was hilarious to watch the whole Kenny Pickett thing this season. Um, his grade is a 73, so he's one grade, one number behind, you know, the the trio of Strong, Corral, and, and Howell, but he's behind two small school guys on this list. He's number 13 on my list. Um, what, what worries me about him, I think he's more of a thrower than a passer. So I, it doesn't even bother me about the hand size. It's the fact that, you know, the accuracy and placement can be off as spotty as hit or miss. And again, having seen him live twice prior to this season, it's like, yeah, he could play a little bit. But when people were talking about first round pick QB1, it was kind of like, I don't know, man. He's someone that's kind of like a lot of the guys we see in the NFL that can that can play a little bit, um, that can kind of help you out. I have his comp here as Andy Dalton. He's Andy Dalton to me, which is not bad. It's just that, you know, you you wouldn't take that Andy Dalton type player in the first round. That's why I feel as though I am on on, uh, picking. Mark? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little higher than Emery on, on Pickett, um, but I do think that the Andy Dalton comparison is a very good one, you know, in the sense that, like, are you still going to draft that guy in the first round? Probably not. And, and one of the there, – there are two sort of concerns with, with Pickett. One is, look, this was a one-year thing, right? Like, this was, as Emery said, like a guy that can play a little bit. Now he takes this big jump at this point in his career – are we going to really buy in on that? Or is it more like, hey, Jordan Addison is a very good wide receiver. And come this time next year, we're going to be talking about Jordan Addison in the first round. Maybe there's a lot to do with him. And there's also this, at times he struggles with pressure. And if he could see it coming, if he sees like linebackers mugged up in the A-gaps and they come, he can be fine with it. But if it's unexpected pressure, like a sudden flash off the periphery, or if he's expected edge pressure and it comes inside, his reactions to that are a bit inconsistent, and that's, I think, putting it kindly. And so you're going to face unexpected pressure in the NFL, so I'm a bit worried of that, about that. I think he can play, um, but he might be somebody that slides a little bit. And again, like Emery said, it's nothing to do with the hand size. It's the stuff we see when the ball is snapped more than anything else. Here's what I would encourage everyone to do. Number one, check out Mark on Twitter. At Mark Schofield, S-C-H-O-F-I-E-L-D, so you can get all of Mark's content because it's excellent, as you can tell. Make sure you're following Emery at F-Ball Game Plan. Get the draft guide. And here's why. First of all, because Emery's awesome. But secondly, he's got some small college studs. He's got underrated. I mean, we didn't even get into who 11 and 12 are. In his rank. That's why you got to get the guide. Footballgameplan.com slash 2022 draft guide our positional series will continue next week probably running backs but not sure yet maybe we'll even bring on our buddy matt waldman who used to be part of the show as well other than that the keg is kicked we are all tapped out thanks for listening to the college draft podcast make sure to also subscribe to the ross tucker football podcast fantasy feast even money and the business of sports all available at apple podcasts ross or wherever podcasts can be found 
A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109WITHIT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 